0: This week on the AI in Sales Podcast, we speak with Gabe Larson, who's the VP of Growth at InsideSales.com. Now, InsideSales.com offers the industry's leading sales acceleration platform, built on Neuralytics, a predictive and prescriptive self-learning engine. In this podcast, we touch on how the company's technology is helping salespeople and businesses in general build a more consistent and reliable pipeline using AI. Gabe also provides a paradigm-busting perspective on how the company is attempting to change the game on how we share and manage data. We also talk about how AI will augment a salesperson's ability to meet quota. And lastly, he answers a big question. If I'm a small company with small data, can I use AI to grow my business? All this and an Iron Man reference in this week's AI in Sales Podcast. With that said, let's jump right into it. Gabe, tell me a little bit about Inside Sales, so my listener can understand who this company is, who your company is.
1: Yeah, InsideSales.com, our mantra is we help companies build pipeline and close more deals with AI. So we've been around 10 years, um, sales technology company. A lot of people know us more for the technology side of the house, right? Um, A dialing tool, an email tool. What they don't realize is that we've hid behind those pieces. We really want the data coming from those tools and, and make it more of an AI place. So that's, uh, that's inside sales in a nutshell.
0: So when did you guys make the transition from just, let's say, pure technology to now we're going to start looking at the, the, the data and create these data lakes and really move into the AI space?
1: Well, that's funny, you know, truthfully, the company was founded. I mean, we were calling it, you know, five years ago, we were calling predictive analytics, you know, eight years ago, we were calling it big data, but um, our founder actually did his master's thesis on um, basically co- kind of this concept of set theory and how people should be, you know, moving or changing their behavior based on data. And he liked the sales space. And so he basically said, what's an engine where I can get the most data from? And we believed phone calls and emails were a great place to start. Um, Mm -hmm. And so um, the the email and the dialing tool was always a little bit of a facade, just, hey, we just want to capture data. What's the best mechanism to do that? So it was always a big data play. It was just how can we start to turn that into actionability slowly.
0: Interesting. So it was, it was cloaking it, so to speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you weren't thinking about it. And so it's interesting. Tell me about this play with Microsoft, you know, because I was looking at some numbers. Tell me if I'm wrong. But I know now that Salesforce.com has about, I think, 90% of market share. Microsoft's CRM is about 4%. So I'm thinking, Microsoft. That they've partnered with you to kind of gra- grab some of that
1: market share. Am I right or am I wrong? Oh, well, you know, truthfully, I, I mean, uh, the, the, the true statement is Salesforce and Microsoft, number one, both fantastic companies. The right. second true statement is that Microsoft is getting extremely serious about CRM. I, I mean, they probably would say they were a little slow to the game and haven't been fighting as much, but with that acquisition of LinkedIn, yeah. Some of the stuff they're doing on Dynamics. If you've not seen the Dynamics and Outlook integration, mwah, my goodness, it is beautiful. That's good. And truthfully, mm-hmm. no offense to other CRMs, but I, I've never loved how they integrate with, with email, Gmail, or Outlook. And so you, you take a, a vision, and I, I, I don't know how far you want me to go into it, Victor. But Keep going, man. Keep yeah, going. Man, when you think about Microsoft and mm-hmm. you take Dynamics. And you take Outlook and you take LinkedIn and you take inside sales and you merge that together. That's not CRM anymore. That's not a system of engagement. We, we, mm-hmm. We've we been working with Microsoft on this. We're playing around with the topic of an mm-hmm. AI system of growth. CRM, right. it's a system you love to hate. And no, right. no offense to it, but we give, we don't get a lot from it. A system right. of growth is different. It enables me. It doesn't just force me to give, give, give without ever getting. So, yeah, there's a partnership. We we just took a big round from them um, with a vision of creating an AI system of growth where LinkedIn data combined with our AI data, our sales technology merged with mm-hmm. Outlook and CRM. It's it's powerful. There's some real power there.
0: So, so let me you know one of the parallels I was trying to draw. I was giving somebody an analogy rather, and tell me if this is dead on or just a little bit off. You know, when I look at the iPhone, yeah. I look at the iPhone, and I see, you know, Steve Jobs really, when he opened up the operating system, let people create apps right. for the iPhone. And I, I, I kind of said, you know, I think the iPhone and the, the CRM is almost like the base platform. And now we're bolting in all these, I'll say, machine learning applications. Uh, and I see almost a, a parallel there, you know, where the CRM is becoming, I don't know, the central repository where a lot of this stuff is going to be, I guess, brought together, as you were talking about, good analogy, bad analogy, have something better.
1: No, I mean, I think that's, you know, more or less, I think that's right, right? You're not going to get away from, and this is, I think, the thing that, um, I think we've just got to come to kind of this understanding that CRM is a system of record. It's a necessity. It's an absolute Correct. necessity. Um, but it's kind of found its way into the other kind of technology stack pieces that you almost just have to have, like accounting right. software, etc. It's not an acceleration tool set, but it does provide the basis. And just like you said, it once you have the basis, the question is, how do we start to tack on or how do we start right. to build on top of that to really get value?
0: and i think that's interesting because i'm starting to see you know the 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 future is going to be that salespeople and i was watching a video and i think it was a salesforce video i thought was really interesting is that when you know a salesperson wants to i guess create an rfp right they get an rfp they want to put a bid together That the system will now the einstein system the platform will actually tell them what discount levels to put in basically provide some insight into the bid probability of winning and even if they wanted to change the discounts uh, the approval levels change automatically, and so it, it was almost like coaching them.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I, I was mean, in the app. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I do think it's it, it is that concept, right? And I think people mm-hmm. are trying to to put their head around that. We just did a study. I wanted to highlight this real quick, Victor, and, and it was something that Microsoft really jumped onto. Um, you know, number one was that. of sales reps time is actually spent selling. You know, I think that number has been out there in some form or fashion, but Mm -hmm. when you really break down time across what sales reps are doing and not doing CRM, Mm -hmm. people are spending about 18% of their time in CRM Mm -hmm. sales reps. Mm -hmm. 32% of their time is in email the rest of it is in sales acceleration technologies, like in com. And so, to your point just about Salesforce, the CRM, it's fantastic, but it's a little bit of a necessary evil. Where people are getting value and therefore spending their time are in these other tools, and so we've got to find a way to expedite it and make it happen.
0: So, so let's talk about some of these other tools. I was looking at a couple that you have. Uh, the Predictive Pipeline was one, and the Neuralytics was the other one. Yeah, you know, talk to me about how that's playing because I thought that was really interesting. Let's break them apart: predictive the pipeline, and then tie that to the neural analytics. And by the way, third, if I can bring in the third one, is your playbook because yeah. I thought that was fascinating as
1: well. Well, and, and I th- this is this is an interesting concept. I'm going to see if I can give you a little bit of a, a roundabout answer because I feel like when we get into data, we lose I don't know some of the simplicity of the way things work. So let me right. at, let, let me kind of answer your piece because we have basically a big data set we call neuralytics it is what we consider to be the world's largest sales database meaning anytime a lead status changes a phone calls made an emails opened a deal is closed All of that information is captured within our database, and then it's utilized in order to ideally spit back out and help people sell more. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can give you an example because I feel like this puts the crux on it, right? If you think about Amazon, a lot of people say Amazon, Google, Netflix, Apple. These guys are people who are using data and AI, and, and they can grasp it. One of the things that Amazon does so well with AI is their recommendation engine. Now, if you've cool. ever bought on Amazon, um, you you know you buy and then it's got this little recommendation. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. If you dive into the algorithm of that, it's actually four pieces of data that they're using in order to recommend just killer things to you. And I, mm-hmm. I, again, Victor, I think this will help understand the inside sales difference in our approach to AI. Number one is users' purchase history. Makes a lot of sense. Depending on what you purchased, they're going to recommend other things that might be similar to that. Number two, things you put in your shopping cart that maybe you didn't purchase. Number three, things you've liked, things you've viewed, things you've rated. And then number four, which is the X factor. And Victor, this is the X factor in all AI, and I think we've got to get it out there, is number four is what other customers have viewed and purchased. That right there makes all the difference in Amazon's recommendation engine. So when you say, by the way,
0: just to be clear, just to be clear, Gabe, when you say viewed and purchase, elaborate just a little bit. I want to make sure I got that one.
1: Yeah, so if I'm an if, if I'm an Amazon and I'm going to buy something, I get a little recommendation. There's these four elements that fit into it. So what mm-hmm. Amazon does is it says, Gabe, I understand you. You know, you're 35 years old. You're basically a millennial. You kind of have bought these types of stuff. It looks at other people like you, mm-hmm. other people who have similar buying behaviors, mm-hmm. other similar demographics, and it says. Look, Gabe appears to be a little like them. I'm going to recommend some of the things they bought to Gabe. And it's the X. It is the absolute X factor in all of AI. I, can, and, and I Victor, We could go through a uh, hundred other examples. Go to any navigation app. Um, you know, well, by you, the way, I think,
0: net, I think Netflix is probably, in my opinion, the, 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 the epitome of that, What you just said, based on the movies you've watched in the past, uh, those that, even looking at start and stop, how long did you get into it? I mean, they could really go into the data, and boom, they come up with movies I would never have thought to look
1: at. That's right. But
0: because they recommended it, because they took all those four pieces, put it together. It's amazing what's happening in the background. I yeah, agree with
1: and, and, you. And, and and again, if you we went into Google Maps, and, and you know they obviously purchased a, um I'm forgetting their name, the navigation app company. You know where it was all Carwin Garwin. Uh, no, no, not Garwin. Um, um, you guys know what i'm thinking of here it's a crowdsourced, it's, it's a crowdsource navigation system that users actually ways uh, ways that's what i'm talking about i apologize Waze. it's ways it's crowdsourced information to make yes. greater good better and victor there's example after example of this now the problem and the reason i bring it up is when it comes to b2b for some reason we we don't we don't go there we don't think that's important. But yet, it's the whole thing that B2C AI is built on is crowdsourced data, cross, cross company, cross individual data for the greater good. But when it comes to. So beta,
0: talk, let's data. talk about that, Gabe, because that's a very interesting concept. I, I never looked at it that way. So oh, are so oh.
1: and, and this is.
0: Because uh, I never thought about crowdsourcing on the B2B
1: space. That's Put it. some more meat on that, baby. Put some yeah. more meat on yeah, I mean, you're looking at the definition here. You know, insightsales.com has taken about $300 million now in funding. And you ask any VC, any partner like Microsoft, it's not because we've got a dialer, it's not because we've got a cadence tool or a pipeline tool, it's because we are the only B2B company with crowdsourced anonymized data where everyone is pushing their data for the greater good to make everyone better and i'll i'll continue down that path what basically happens and again hopefully you understand it in b2c so it makes very similar in b2b what if in b2b I had the rights when any customer signed up with insidesale.com and we anonymize it, but I had rights to their data and access to their anonymized data. If I looked at that type of information, if I was able to garner that type of information across thousands of different companies, what would that mean to a B2B sales rep? Well, here's what it would mean, for example, and I'm going to go real tactical mm-hmm. on it for a minute. If I'm a sales rep and I'm going to send an email, Right now in technology, you've got two options. Go with me for one second on this. Mm -hmm. Um, One is I can just send the email. I can just press button. I can click send right now. No no problems, no questions asked. I can also schedule it. I can say I want to send it at 5 o'clock and Mm -hmm. schedule it like that. Now, there is a third option that most people don't think about, and that is what if – I knew because of the greater good of the data, when that person typically engages or interacts with that email. Now, I've never emailed that person, but someone else has. Someone else has tried to sell to that person. They know the buying behavior of that person. They know when they open emails. And so rather than having you send the email or schedule the email, what if AI could tell you, I'm studying that person and I'm going to send the email at 5.32 p.m. because that's when that email address most often interacts with emails. That so, so, so. Bottom fair. line: when all these, so when all
0: these companies begin to use, let's say, your application, the inside oh. sales app, if I can put it That's that right. way, mm-hmm. you're going to say a, a cross-sectional data stream of all these different companies, all these different people, and in there somewhere is, again, a data point on when to call that somebody else made a call
1: outside your company. Could it be outside your company? No, no, it has to be. Victor, that's the point. Because imagine if Amazon, and this is the joke of a lot of AI systems, and I won't name any companies, I'll I'll keep it above the belt here, but guys, if you're only looking at your own data, I mean, imagine if Amazon or Netflix, it's powerful. Um, or right. ways. If it only looks at your own traffic patterns, it is good, but is it great? No, and it never will be until we understand this fundamental principle of AI and shared data. We, B2B will never be great in AI.
0: Can Can I ask you a question? And this might be like a privacy issue. And I, it's a, I think it's a good question to ask. Please. You're with company A, I'm with company B. Sure. We're both using insidesales.com, right? Right. Now, Maybe I don't want my data to be included
1: in your data lake. Is that an issue? You know, I just thought is, about this. You said that. No, it, and, and, and you know what, man? This is, it's been a journey, right? And truthfully, mm-hmm. you, you talk about an Einstein. We have a kind of a competing product with Einstein. I mean, this is the differentiator right here. You know, when, when you sign up with InsightSales.com and we've got this buttoned up as tight as possible, um, you know, we anonymize it, we clean it, we do it in a way that's crystal clear um, and and that is part of the contract. It's written right in there that, you know, when, when you sign up with inside sales, you're signing up to with, with, with some of these concepts built into it. And so, um, has it been a problem? As we've worked with some of the largest companies in the world, mm-hmm. Microsoft right. is a customer, right? right? Uh, the right. online sales team uses our system and contributes to this. And so was it a challenge? I'll be the first one to tell you. But absolutely. I mean, you've okay. got to go through every hoop to make sure that happens. But here's the difference is that people, thankfully, um, thanks to B2C, right? Because we know what Netflix does for us, because we're familiar with Waze and Spotify and Pandora sure. Amazon and all of, I mean, come on, I can give you another hundred examples of where all of our data is being assembled. More companies are open to that concept if they can see the value out of it. And just like you said with Netflix, if I'm getting something out of it and I'm closing 30% more, I'm making you know another 20% pipeline. Yeah, certainly if we keep it, you know, keep all the legal things, cross the T's and dot the I's, mm-hmm. they're open to it. And, and it's that uh, is, working. I mean, Gabe,
0: that that is a paradigm shifter. You're right. I mean, that's a it's, step yeah. outside the box because, again, we're not thinking that way. We're, we're so used to, you know, company coming, we silo our information. That's right. Don't want anybody else. But as you pointed out, if you're just looking at your own information, you know, I, I hate to use
1: this phrase but it becomes an incestuous relationship you know what i mean because it's only your info it is and it's it's uh, and again this is why you're going to see a lot of ai companies in my mind fail you'll see these lead scoring tools that say i'm going to look at and now i'm just going straight to b2b i'm going to look at deals that you've closed and and uh, i'm going to look at you know the people you that have typically bought from you and we're going to give you some data and is it powerful yes but i'm telling you when you add in that cross-company concept and you're looking at you know, other people who do similar stuff to you or have wow. a similar buyer. Oh my Victor, you wouldn't believe yeah. the difference. It's huge. It is. No, so no, no. I, I, I've I, I never
0: thought of that till this conversation. And I, I, the fact that you guys have been able to pull off, I'm going to call it the hat trick. You guys have pulled off a hat trick.
1: Oh yeah. And, and I again, did. I mean, uh, pe- people are like, God, I'm surprised you guys, you know, cause we've got competitors in the dialer and the cadence space. And they're like, right. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised you guys have, you know, you're five times their size and you've taken a lot more money. And the co- it's always, guys, the dialer, and, and we can get to this in just a minute because all the data doesn't mean anything unless there's a way to action. It. And that's why I wanted to set that up because we've got a prospecting tool. We've got a pipeline tool. But unless you understand you need a system of record, then you need Neuralytics, which is cross-company mm-hmm. data set. Now you need an application to actually apply it and make it real. Correct. Um, I love it. The the tool sets are tools, but yeah, cadence is cadence, you guys. But what if I get into predictive cadence or predictive email, and I tell you the right time to call or the right time, now we're seeing AI infused into something that people can actually get results in. And it becomes less of a, you know, you and I have been talking theory and Mm -hmm. principle, but I can give you, like I mentioned with email, let's get tactical and say, right. can AI really help me sell more? Well, I just gave you an email example. I can give you 10 more where very tactically you take the data and you apply it in a system and you see result. That's that's what we got to get to. That's real AI.
0: I love it, man. I, I'm with you. Hey, I want to shift over, and we're going to tie, on this, tie into this, rather, is that I was reading some notes off your website about this uh, recent Accelerate 18 summit yeah. you guys have. I don't know if you attended that. But I was reading some of the notes, and there was a couple of statements that really popped out, and it'll tie back into everything you just spoke about. The one thing uh, that was interesting, uh, your CEO spoke, Dave was Elkington. Uh-huh, Did I get uh-huh. that right? Yep. Uh, and he said something interesting uh, under the, under the title of "Capacity Does Not Equal Scalability." He said, "Capacity is not the problem to engage with," and he was really talking about how many managers feel that in order to grow sales. They need more salespeople that's right what 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 Dave is saying is uh, uh yeah okay that's one way of looking at, it, but maybe if you had more opportunities and you're able to pull that opportunities from the data that you have, maybe that's where you can you know utilize or grow your revenues. Talk to me about that. what do you think of that statement it's yeah. A great statement
1: yeah I mean it is it's a great presentation. I actually had Dave on to give that same presentation that's uh, on, on the Playmaker podcast just um, a week ago, and we kind of went through that talk track. I mean, to, to just elaborate on Victor's point, you guys, one of the things that we don't understand is right now across the board, the, the number one challenge, and we run a survey every year, and we've now got about 2,000 people. We run it to reps, managers, and leaders. Um, the number one challenge is building pipeline, um, qualified, good pipeline people actually have a way harder time building pipeline than they do to close it to about two to one according to insidesales.com data. Um, so how do you attack that challenge? Um, interestingly in Dave's without going too far into it, all the, all the data saying people are trying to throw bodies at it, right? They're trying to, let's see if we can hire more people. Um, the problem is Those people come in, they're still not getting enough pipeline. You see turnover in inside sales, you know, hovering around 30%, according to a lot of studies. So people usually aren't the answer. So the question is, how can you get, you know, it's it's this concept of working smarter and harder. And yeah, I do think you're going to see something around data and technology playing a role in solving what we would consider to be the biggest challenge in sales.
0: I had a guy today, we were doing a, I did a, a webinar today and small business webinar, right? Entrepreneurs, yeah. small business owners. And one of the questions was, and I knew what the answer is. I know what the answer is already, but I want to hear your take on it. And he said, Victor, I said, this is great that you're talking about this AI stuff, right? That's what he yeah. said, the AI stuff, but we're a small company. We can't afford data scientists and engineers and programmers. We just don't have the bandwidth. That's right. What do you say to that guy?
1: Yeah. I mean, that—that that is, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's going to be the fundamental problem in B2B, right? Is It's one thing if I'm using, if I'm AI centric and I've got, I'm an IBM and I'm closing hundreds of thousands of accounts and I'm a big machine, right? Because AI, the fundamental concept, it's not the math; it's the data. You got to have some data to run AI, right? Right, yes, right. You talk to a small business owner who's got maybe 15 sales reps, and I don't know. Let's say they're closing a, you know, five or six a quarter, five or six a quarter, Victor. That's not big data. That's, right. There's no there's no pattern you're gonna find on that. So my answer to him is the only answer for him and AI is, again, cross-company data. We've got to go shared resources here because no offense to five deals a month or five deals a quarter, you're just not going to find any patterns. And so these lead scoring algorithms, look at all the deals you close, 50 a year, they, it's just not going to be for you. But yeah, if I can build into that, it's going to be extremely powerful. So I, I go back to, I, it's becoming my go-to answer here for you, Victor. Mm-hmm. But I think it can be applicable to a small business, but only if they've got the data. And the only way to get the data is to share the data.
0: And, and by the way, so my answer was very similar to yours. Uh, without having the insight you gave me today about using cross-company data. Yep. I assumed he had the data. I said, the tools are out there. that are now affordable. I don't need to hire data scientists. That's I just fair. hire That's right. sales.com. That's right. I said, it's now affordable, but you've got to have the data. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, wanted to ask this one. Uh, this was another interesting conversation that was held at, that, at Summit. And this was about new technology. Is nothing without change management and the quote by a guy named Cliff Condon who was a chief research he's chief research and product officer at forest research said something like this sales digital transformation is no longer optional it's a necessity modern B2B buyers want to work with modern B2B sellers yeah, what say is, you as a say,
1: Oh, man, you know, if you haven't seen Cliff Condon's, you need to go to www.salesleadershipconference.com. We got Cliff's session up there. Um, chief Research Enforced, I mean, this guy's just spewing forth truth. I mean, it's just, you know, and I'm just <laughs> drinking from the fountain of truth here. Um, you know, he ended, the thing that he, he, man, he had a line, I wish I could remember it exactly, Victor, but he said, look, the B2B, um, the B2B consumer, the B2B buyer is becoming the B2B, is, is learning from, is transitioning to this B2B consumer concept. And what he meant, God, I wish I could remember the line. I didn't do it justice, but what he meant. By the way, what was the
0: webpage where his conference is at? I want to make sure people get it.
1: www.salesleadershipconference.com. Um, you can see a replay there, but the concept was, look, And it's, it's what we've said. It's what we've said here is that as I may be the vice president at CenturyLink and have, you know, 5,000 sales reps report to me. Um, But because I buy Netflix and because I buy on Amazon and because I use Waze, I expect my B2B buying experience to be very similar. And this convergence of, of some of the stuff we've been talking about, but also just to your point, the digitization of it, like Mm -hmm. you've got to make it simple. When, when I'm used to it like this, and then I go into my B2B world and I, it it, it can't be different. And yet again, just like we've been arguing all day, you know, on this session is arguing, but you know, we, we, we got to see a merger right now and B2B is just, it's far behind. And so not only in the data and the sharing of data like we talked about but just in the experience and the digitization if you think the b2b experience shouldn't be like b2c you're off your rocker this time's yeah you know by the way
0: it's interesting because we can tie that to i think it was a guest speaker there and i love the book the challenger sale yeah yeah and you know i think it was uh brett adamson or something matt Matt dixon was there matt dixon sorry matt dixon and so you know i still i love that that book. I think it was 2012. Still a great book. It is. But there's a part in there where it talks about customer. What the drivers of customer loyalty? If I remember correctly, yeah. Like 54 percent was the buying experience. Yep. And okay. then they go to detail what that buying experience is. In other words, create a frictionless experience. And I thought that was powerful. And I think that's kind of what you're telling me.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, you've got to. And again, I just love the idea that B2B and B2C merge together. But yeah, the outcome is a frictionless experience. And technology plays a role in that. Sales plays a role in that. I mean, I I don't think you're going to see in the short run, again, our message about AI, it's not about eliminating sales. It's about enabling. So I I don't see in the short run, certainly sales reps being eliminated. But yes, I see them being enabled and powered. And hopefully moving toward, I still love the analogy of the Iron Man. You know, you take a regular, I don't know if he was a regular guy, but you take a regular Joe, uh, a regular salesman, and you, you encapsulate him. You you empower him or her with, mm-hmm. with these tools, and they've got this Jarvis system that turns him into a superhero. That To me, that's the goal of, of yep. AI, and I think, again, the future of sales. Yeah,
0: I think I wrote in the book uh, that it's augmented is the word I like to use. You're just augmenting a salesperson. That's you know, right. If you're putting an exoskeleton on somebody with a Jarvis system and the display, you're basically augmenting their abilities. And I think that's where the new applications are going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Final thoughts, Gabe on where ai is going over the next let's just say 3 to 5 years what do you see as some of the shifts that are coming our way
1: yeah i mean it's uh, i, I the, the fact is it's it's going everywhere i think marketing jumped on this a little little sooner than sales but Buckle up would be my message. Um, you know, you're going to see AI in every part of the sales process. Not only about who to go after, who to contact, when to contact them, how to contact them, how to coach your sales reps, how to pipe, how to manage your pipe better, how to you know close better, negotiate better. I mean, you're going to see it infused into everything. The thing you're going to want to remember, I think is one, it's got to be results focused. We're all going to be doing sessions like this. It's coming more and more Victor. It's the new buzzword. So you're going to hear everybody saying, I got AI, we got AI, you got AI. Mm-hmm. So number one, we got to make it results oriented. Let, let's cut through the crap. And if it doesn't drive results, then it's just talk and talk cheap. Number two, again, words don't mean anything the math the data science we've all got data scientists we've got a hunt you know Salesforce got a, everyone's got data science they all know the algorithms is the data um if you're really talking about ai and you don't have the data and what i mean by data again i think you need your data i need other people's data unless you've got the right data don't ever think that you're going to accomplish number one which is results because the foundation of ai is the data and then i'd say last but not least is is this concept of application data is only good as the applications that it you know applications can use the data and so make it results oriented make it make it about data don't get caught up in the data scientist the number three you got to find the applications that can use it so so you can get to the results those would be kind of my three probably parting thoughts
0: Great three points. Uh, Can I add a fourth one? And this is for salespeople who are listening now, who are thinking, you know, do I really need this? Talk to me about that, Gabe. Let's close it out with that. If I'm a salesperson right now, I'm not really using, whether it's CRM or technology,
1: I'm not using AI. Am I going to be in the game or out of the game down the road? Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is you'll, you'll be out of the game. And again, I think you've got to keep going cause we, it's so new Victor and it just isn't resonating with, it's such a buzzword that sales reps right now don't understand it. But right. guys go and go, go back to b to c Imagine your life without Netflix. Like do you really in, Did you really enjoy the movie experience walking to Blockbuster um, and, and renting a video? I, I, that's what you're doing in sales right now. I know it. I sit with you all the time. You, you're managing spreadsheets. You're guessing who to go after. You, you don't mm-hmm. know who to... Should you email? Should you call? Should you send a direct mail? Should you send a LinkedIn? I, I know I'm, I'm a bag carrier myself, so <laughs> it's a guessing game. But um, now look at your life with Netflix and you sit down. And, and it actually comes to you. It, it makes yes. your life easier. Guys, it's coming. Doesn't mean you need to go freak out and jump on some AI train. But know that if you're not going to jump on the <laughs> Netflix train, you're going to be going to Blockbuster. And guess what? There's no more Blockbuster stores out there. So you will be out of luck. I mean, that, that's the message.
0: Gabe, on that note, let's end this. Uh, where can they find more information about you or insidesales.com? Yeah, you honest?
1: go you know, certainly, guys, we're a big proponent of AI. It's it's but again, we hide behind the facade of technology. Um, because again, unless you can get results and you got some way to use it, it doesn't matter. So insidesales.com, you can follow me on LinkedIn. You know, I'm always spouting nonsense on webinars and <laughs> Facebook and my podcast, the Playmaker podcast, but Yeah. Grab us on insightsales.com. Grab me on LinkedIn. Gabe Larson, always open. I'll be offended if if you don't connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll leave it at that, Victor. (laughs) I love it. Gabe, thank you for your time, man. Thank you, brother. (laughs) See ya.